So hello, and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael, and we're here tonight for another The Review episode. This will be episode 26, and we are going to take a look at the One Ring Starter Set from Free League Press. Uh, the we in this is, of course, is Michael, but it's also Tom. Tom, say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone. So always a good time to have you on the mics. Uh, we have been meaning to do this episode for a very long time, several A long months. time. A long time. So I do want to apologize to the wonderful people at Free League who did send us a copy of the starter set to review. Uh, My apologies for taking so long to get to it, but we have the time now and we're going to do it and we're excited. So before we jump straight into it, do you have anything you want to say at the top? Yes, I do not personally have to apologize for this because I spent a lot of money on the Kickstarter. <laughs> True, so that's yes. why, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so I'll get that out of the way. So yeah, so they sent us the one starter set and then myself, I, you know, like a lot of people in our, our RPG Academy circle, we're big free league fans. So I typically at this point back everything they do. So usually I give them pretty good reviews. So I'm curious to see, does this... Does this hold up? Does this hold up? I hope it does, because I plan on running this starter set in like a month. So it's coming up. Interesting. Okay. For my home group. So why don't you take us through, because again, you've done multiple interviews with different people who were part of various Free League projects, including this one. Uh, So just give us the quick overview. What is this? Who designed? Okay. So. Like you, this is very specific. We are not talking about the core book that was part of this. We are talking about the starter set yep. itself. And this is the starter set for the second yep. edition Correct. of the One Ring. So this makes some updates from the first edition, um, puts it more in Free League style, focusing more on exploration, uh, which is a key component of the starter set. But uh, this game, it takes place, for anybody who wants to know, those Lord of the Rings nerds out there, takes place specifically starting in the year 2960. So why is this important? Because I this is like 20 years after the events of The Hobbit. So it's about, you know, I don't, I think it's like 40 or so years before fellowship. the fellowship or so, something, something like that. It takes place in between these two periods. So it's a time of things are starting to bubble up, old things are starting to awaken. So there's a lot of room for adventure here. So this game was designed by uh, Francesco Nepotello and Marco Maggi. And there's a whole host of people who have worked on this, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the in-house Free League folks, and it is it's a nice box set. So, it is. Now, so. I, I don't know. I think we have done box sets before. I don't remember. But we're going to do the review portion a little bit differently yes. this time. We're going to just kind of go through all the different elements that are in the box and talk about them specifically as little or as much detail as we want. And at the end, we're still going to give them an, give it an overall rating. Uh, but we may not hit the same rubric that we have used in some of the other cases. We, we we want to have a rubric, but we have found that it actually doesn't work well for all the products. So yeah. we're going to just kind of do what we think makes the most sense. Yeah, this is we've done just so people have we've we did the simp- so we did the Simbrum starter set review. We've done the we did the D and D essentials kit mm-hmm. as well. So this is yeah very similar format. I'm not sure. Say- I love starter sets. Like I, think, I love them too. I think it's a great idea for any game that can justify it. I think it's a great idea. I love having them for the Catacon. If nothing else, it gives me like I can still take some RPGs when I take my entire library. So just as a, as a rule, 
I'm a fan of them. So that's going to kind of, I'm grading on a curve every time there's a starter set. So this is also, speaking of starter sets, this is really, I am so glad that Free League has started to do this. I don't know if it was intentional, but knowing them, I'm guessing it was. So the Simbarum starter set, the Alien starter set, this starter set, I'm guessing the Blade Runner starter set, all of their newer starter sets have all had the, if you were to put them on a shelf, all right, line them up like books, what uh-huh. we would consider the spine, yeah. they're all black with white font. And it looks really good on a shelf together. Like they just, they look like they belong. It's so I love that so much. All right. And then one other quick note, because I'm going to try to turn this around pretty quick. This was not intentional. It is serendipitous, but Free League is currently running a summer sale with some of their products anywhere from, I think, 20 to up to 50% off certain things. So if you are interested in any Free League product, including this one, now would be a good time to check it out. We are not an affiliate. We do not get any money. Like if you go through our website and go to theirs, like we link things for you just to make it easy. There's nothing comes back to us on that. Like it does Amazon or drive through RPG, but just because we love the products, mostly we like to support them. Uh, We try to make it easy. There'll be links in our show notes to their store and to this product specifically use them for your convenience, but we don't get any money back. Okay. So with all that out of the way, what is in this box? So it comes with a 24 page volume of rules. And this is a pared down version of the rules. It does not include all the things that you would get, obviously, in the core set. It is enough for you to run the um, adventures that are included. There's a 31-page series of connected adventures. There's five different adventures that are basically you can run them in order for like a longer campaign or you can pick and choose from them. There's a 52-page volume that covers the Shire. So if you are a Lord of the Rings fan, Hobbit fan, you love the Shire, you get 52 pages that just tells you everything you would probably ever want or need to know about the Shire, specifically in terms for running this game. There are eight double-sided pre-generated characters, including one Mr. Bilbo Baggins himself. There's two large maps. One shows the Shire and one covers Eridor. Probably said that wrong. No, no, no. You said it. You said it correctly. Damn, got it. Yep. There are 20 war gear cards. These are basically item cards. So like, if you find the treasure, the, the DM GM can just hand you the card and you have the little card. It has artwork, has the stats that you would need to use that item. Uh, there are six double-sided journey, roll, and combat stance cards. That really is not for this game. It's for the core rule book. There's a very sort of light touch of what you would use these for in this game. Uh, there are two D12 feet die. And there are, or should I say dice, because I'm talking about two of them. And then there are six D6 success dice. All right. So let's talk about the dice first. Let's just get that out of the way, if that's okay. Oh, yeah. So you're the one that told me, we mentioned this before, that there was a misprint on the dice. And I actually don't know if the ones I have are the misprinted ones or not. Yeah. So do you have an 11 on the dice? I do. Then you have a misprint. Yes, because it's supposed to be 1 through 10 plus 2 special sides. Yeah, Gandalf and Sauron. Yep. So you have the 11. So this was a misprint. No one... I, I talked to Francesco on record... Yep, and, it's part of the show and tell you did with part them. of the show and tell. They could not believe that they missed it. They <laughs> are anyone who backed the Kickstarter is getting a replacement dice. Mm. 
So if you back, they are not charging you shipping. They are just sending you dice. Um, it is only, I will say this, it is only the white dice, the dice that come in the starter set. The black Sauron dice that were like at, that you could add on, which I got, uh, and they did not have the misprint. Okay. So, yes. But the dice are, they're good. They're good. Dice Free League makes really awesome dice. But I will say this. This starter set, I don't know how much it costs. I, I literally, I have no idea. Uh, right now, if it's on Amazon, Free League's website, as well as Modifius's website. It's all between 40 and $43. So you're looking at 40 bucks. Just to put this into perspective, their dice, if you go buy the Forbidden Lands dice set, that's, those dice are 25 bucks. Yeah. And the one ring set. Yeah, the one ring dice, I'm guessing, are probably around 20 bucks. All right. So just getting a full set of dice, that's like half the cost of the box. Yeah. So good so, dice. So basically, the dice, though, these, they're like a, basically the, the main color is white, and there's like red color for the digits, as well as there's like an engraving kind of around the edges of them. The one, two, and three on the six sided dice are what you call like hollow. They are outlined, yes. And then the four, five, and six are solid. There's a rule reason for that. Um, on the six, there's also a little symbol that means something. Basically, if you have enough successes to count as a success and any of them are showing that symbol, then it's considered a superior success. Uh, and then the D12s are called your feet dice. Uh, they are supposed to be one through 10 and then two special symbols. As we've already covered, mine are not that way. But one of the symbols is good and one of the symbols is bad. Uh, yep. Anytime you roll for anything in the game, you roll at least one feet die plus a number of D6 equal to your rating in the thing that you're doing. So yep. if you're going to try to sneak and you have a total of three points total in your sneak ability, I don't have sneak, I'm sure stealth is probably one of them, but whatever, you would roll one feet die and then three success die. You just add the totals up and then that matches the TN that you're trying to match. And that's basically the core mechanic of the game. But one of the special um symbols on the die if you get that you just succeed doesn't matter yep. what you're old if you get that symbol on the feet dice correct you you succeed i think that's the gandalf sign and if you get the other one which is a sauron side then you basically get a zero for that roll on the d12 so not only does it not count as a one it counts as a literal zero yes those are the dice they're also hey i'll specify they're not white they're white they're like off white yeah maybe an ivory i don't know i'm they look white to me Okay. Uh, so we kind of got into the rules. So let's just roll into that next. So we talked sure. about the dice and then I talked about the, the rules. So this is a pared down version of the rules, but it does. It's a starter set. It's going to give you the, the rules you need to play the game. Um, but is there anything else that you want to talk about here when we talk about the rules? Yeah. So this rule book, it is a, I don't, let's talk. I don't know how deep we want to go into a rules conversation. I feel like we should just cover a little bit. Yeah, I mean, just a little, because again, this is a starter set. This isn't the core book. Yeah, That's a total different ab thing. About, so, I, my problem with these rules, this book, is I feel like I almost don't have enough reading this to actually run the game. I, you have to read the adventure to actually really learn the rules. Like, they don't, my, like, for combat, they really don't even explain necessarily how you, how you even hit people within combat. So, it, there it's it's like one or two pages it is very pared down basically that's a strength versus their parry yeah but the thing is i'm like well what does that even mean what does parry yeah. even mean and i had to go look in the adventure until i found a monster stat block to even understand 
what that even looked like. So I don't know. I feel like it was pared down. I feel like for a starter set, I need to be able to, you know, pick it up and run it. Like the, I think the D&D starter rules, they do a really good job. So mm-hmm. they basically limit the rules. They give you only a few classes, but you can play the game as much as you want with those few classes. Right. Like you can play as much as you want, but you just don't have as much of the options. Whereas this, I feel like I really can't even play the game past the adventure. So the adventure is a lot of content, but that, I mean, that's my big complaint. It's like, this is like the rules to play the adventure that is included in the starter set. Mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree with that. Like, I, I think it's one of those things where it's impossible for me to separate my knowledge of games and look at this like truly as a, as a new person that, my experience with other games, I was kind of be able to fill in the blanks. But if this was your first time playing the game and this was the first, you know, starter set you got, yeah, it probably would be more difficult. It's, but I, th- I think anybody who's played a few games, you kind of you're gonna be able to make it work. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I struggled. So I struggled. Like I had to look at the character sheets. I had to go through a bunch of different stuff. I didn't feel like the information was just presented in mm-hmm. an easily digestible way. Gotcha. Fair so, enough. Fair enough. I mean, I, I do want to talk about like I think people want to know like what is the core mechanic? And you kind of you kind of mentioned it a little yeah. bit. So there are these 18 skills. Well you okay? got three attributes start to start with. You have wit, strength, and what's the other one? Heart. Heart. So those Heart. are your three core attributes. And then you have 18 skills that are divided in like a subsection of each of those three. But the, yeah, but the, the attributes, they really don't affect your roles per se. Those are more like that's how you get your health, your, um, and a few other things. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. I think, don't they work as like those are kind of your hit points? Like if you, you yeah. take damage, you lose hit in the points thing. And your parry, which is kind of like your armor class, which I, I like it being called parry instead of armor class because that kind of makes sense. Like your parry in a way they're missing, mm-hmm. not necessarily hitting you. But the way it works is at all of your, you have eight, these 18 skills and you, whenever you go to do a roll, such as like you do a stealth roll, you look at your score and if it's a three, then you will pick up three of the success dice, the D6s, and you will roll them with one of the feet die. Yep. All right, and then what you do is then you add up all the numbers, and if you beat the T in, then you succeed. Target number. Yep. Target number, which I do like this. This is very player-facing. That's what the T, that's what the, um, that's what those attributes are for, because each one of the skills falls under one of those attributes, and the T in that you need to beat is your T in. Right, and so it's modified by parry, which is why, where it gets weird. So, like, if my strength is three... I believe it's 20 minus my stat, which would then be 17. And then it's modified by your parry. So if you have a plus two parry, it would go back up to 19. Correct. There's different things that can increase that. And I I appreciated that level of crunch to it. I Mm. I felt like that was really refreshing. I didn't think that this game would have that much crunch. And it really does. I was also a little bit surprised by how much it had. It's not that hard like you know I, I may not. have mis- I may have misspoken a little bit so don't take that as the gospel but that's basically how it works but I could be getting some of the specifics wrong but it once you know how it works it just it's works very smooth I will yeah. say this though I don't think I've ever played with a rule system like this I've played obviously d20 games where you roll d20 and then you got to beat a number I've mm-hmm. played the Star Wars which has a t in but it's really just 
number of successes. Yep. Forbidden Lands is one success. And all sorts of other games are just like, you need like numbers of success. But this is like, you have a dice pool. You just roll all of your dice and you add them all up. Right. And I am a little bit curious about it because I have not played the game. I haven't actually sat down and played a session. But that does seem a little bit cumbersome. I mean, yes, it's simple math. But still, like, you know, you got to add between, you know, one and five numbers together. Unless you get that one symbol, then it doesn't matter what you rolled. Yeah. Again, it's not complex math, but it is a little bit more like, okay, I got to think about this every time. This game feels old school with like modern sensibilities surrounding it. Mm -hmm. Like, isn't that like, I've never played Shadowrun, but that's like the thing people joke about with Shadowrun. It's like a bunch of D6s. Do you add up all of your dice in Shadowrun? So I've only played that like once or twice. I don't really care for it, so I can't say. But but I do know that in that game that you might have like 15 D6s. Like that's the joke is that you have so many D6s, but I don't know if you add them or if you're just looking for numbers. So anyway, okay, so that's like the core, that's the core mechanic. You've got your attributes, you, you build your dice pool, you roll, and you're beating your own TN. So I enjoy player-facing games. That's mm-hmm. like Symbarum is a player-facing game. I'm not sure how you feel about them. Like, I feel like you don't necessarily enjoy them as much because there's less for the dungeon master or the game master to do. I, I would say that. I mean, it, it does take away some of the control that I like to use in games like D&D where I can be a little bit more you know, flexible behind the screen. But I don't have a problem with them. Okay. Like, if, if that's the way it works, that's work. Uh, like, have you ever played Cypher System Numenera? No. So it's also very similar, except it uses a D20. But like when you're going to do something, you know, like, OK, you want to you want to jump this pit. I'll tell you that is a difficulty of four. And I tell you that before you roll. And you now know, okay, that means I have to have a 12 because that's the way that game works. It's that number times three. But then you have all these different ways to modify that number. Like, well, because I have this ability, it's now a three. So I only need a nine. And this person's helping me. So now it's a, it's a two. So I only need a six. And if you can get that all the way down to zero, you don't even have to roll. So it's very much, you know, before you roll every time and you have ways to modify that. So it, it reminds me of that, except it's not, it's the additive process. You have to roll multiple dice and add together. But again, for most people, that's probably not a problem, but I can see there's going to be at least a subset of players where that's going to be really slow every time because they're going to be like, okay, wait, I got to group them together. Now I know I have a 17. What did I need again? Okay, I succeed or not. Okay, yeah, and then the, the rule book goes through some, like, the adventuring structure of this game and then a lot of encouragement about what the feel of the game is supposed to evoke. There's a lot of that. I'll say the, you know, again, we're kind of doing this sort of haphazardly, but the lore and like how this game is supposed to feel, I think they do a really good job. As someone who really likes the Lord of the Rings movies, I've watched, I've read the Lord of the Rings one time. I mean, I'm a speed reader and I took me like months to get through that, but I loved it. It was a fundamental text that I've read. This feels like Lord of the Rings to me. Definitely does. And they do a really good job as far as they are, everything that they write, they are trying to enforce the idea that the players are meant to be adventurers, but not just to be adventurers, they are bold adventurers. Like you think about the Lord of the Rings and the Hob, like the Hobbits, especially like Merry and Pippin, like they just go, they just go right into the fight without realizing that they are small, tiny hobbits. (laughs) And so that's what this game really encourages the dungeon master to really encourage the players to just get out there in the world, explore it. Don't be afraid. Don't overthink what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So 
Just just go for the adventure. Just again, do you're it. going Full on an adventure. Send. Okay. Yeah. And again, we're not doing the entire rules, but there is one other rule that I did want to touch on because I do think it fits the flavor of the story of the world as well, and that's weary. Yes. You you can become weary, and this is basically when your endurance has has reached zero, because again, I'm pretty sure the way that works is sort of like hit points. And when you become weary, then the one, two, and three on the success die, the ones that are the outline dies, all count as zero. So basically, you will get zero points towards your successes with a one, two, or three. You have to get a four or higher. And that is something that's very much about, especially like the Lord of the Rings and how Sam and Frodo become tired and weary and you know they're, they're out in the world. So I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, mechanic. It's, a, it's an interesting way to add depth to a pretty simple system. You roll a bunch of dice and add them together. But these numbers that are, you know, again, outline dice, they count as zero under this one condition. And they also have an advantage, disadvantage mechanic as well called favored and, and ill-favored with the D12, which are the feet die, that if you're favored, then you get to roll two of them and take the better one. And if you're ill-favored, you have to roll two and take the worst one. So even though it's a pretty simple system, D6s, add a D12, add everything together, they have these little subsystems in certain ways they interact that, that give it a surprising amount of depth for what is pretty much a simple system yeah and that goes back to like the stance cards which you really don't you there it was one of those weird things freely does this during their kickstarters where they do a bunch of stretch goals and all of those stretch goals get wound most of them get wound up just being thrown into the starter box that's why they have really good starter boxes um the stance cards you can use them but it's really just you have range combat and close combat in these rules whereas in the other rules you have range combat but then you have like three different types of like close combat you have stances you can be in a defensive stance you can be in a forward stance or an open stance or a rearward stance that adds the i enjoy this because with like a game like D D or a game with a lot of skills or spells combat is complicated because there's so much in this game, there's not a whole lot to combat, but it's tactical, and everybody is doing the exact same things. So mm. I enjoy that, because it's, as the game master, it's easy for me to know what's going on during combat. But the players can still get really creative with how they want to do it. All right. Um, so the, the, these basically, they're little like three by three inch square cards. They're double sided. On one side, you have the various roles that you can take on when you're adventuring, they're kind of similar to Forbidden lands if yeah. you're familiar so you can say i'm the lookout and you would turn your card so that the lookout is facing you so that you know that's what the role you have there's a scout role there's a guide role and then there's a hunter role each one is going to affect how you basically interact in the exp- exploration part of the game on the other side is your combat it's your various stances so you have rearward which is basically your ranged and then all the others are close combat you have open forward and defensive again those will interact with how you roll and how you interact with the opponents. When it comes to initiative, heroes always go first, and then you always start with close combat. If you say you're in close combat, basically the DM just goes, oh, well, I have three orcs. They're all in close. I have two heroes. They're in close. I'm just going to marry these two up. This orc is on you. This orc's on you. This orc will fight either of the two, or they can decide to try to go after the ranged person. So it's basically kind of reminds me of Shadow of the Demon Lord a little bit in that it's like, okay, heroes always go first. Close always goes first, and then range, which is rearward, rearward, goes second. That's basically the way it works every single time. 
So again, it's a simple system, but they've added some interesting ways to add complexity. I don't know that I'm particularly a fan of those necessarily, but... Because I think it's something I could completely ignore. We're just you not going to worry with that. But if you have a group that wants to do it, it's there. It's an option. You can totally throw them out because all the stances do is that they modify your combat rules. So if nobody does them, if none of the bad guys do it, then everybody is neutral then. All right. Um, so next I want to talk about the cards because that will kind of get rid of all the ancillary stuff. And then we can spend the rest of the time on the, the main stuff. So there's a deck of 30, they're called War Gear cards. They're basically item cards. If you play D&D, they have something similar. Uh, They have that same coloration as the dice, so white or off-white ivory, and then like a red stitching around it. And it's just common stuff. Club, short sword, long-handled axe, a bow, great axe. And on the other side, it has essentially like a little bit of flavor text, and then it has the mechanics for how it would work. So looking at the axe card... Uh, damage rating of 5, injury rating of 18, load of 2, so there's like an encumbrance thing, and then it kind of gives you like combat proficiency. You must have axes, and it has special damage. So it's it's okay. Here's my big thing. If you're going to give me these cards, I want it to be the cool stuff. Like, yeah. I don't want a card for a short sword or a cudgel. I want it to be for sting or for some magic armor or a no. magic ring. No, I, no. I just I feel like it's kind of unnecessary. It's it's no. okay to have, but if you're going to give me the cards, I want the cool stuff, not the I, normal stuff. T- I don't know why I I don't know why I disagree with you here. Considering so, obviously, you love magic items. I do love mag. I love magic items in D and D. All right, in Lord of the Rings, I don't want to give everybody magic items because magic items are super rare. Right. Same reason, yeah. So there's not a whole lot of magic items. I think these are good reference things for players to have in front of them. I the we, my problem with these is that like you don't like more like seventy five percent of these don't even come up in the starter adventure. Mm-hmm. These are for the playing the main game, right? Yeah. So they, they they don't really need to be here at all. But again, if I was playing, especially maybe with younger uh, players, it's a good thing to say. Remember, this is the weapon you have, and it includes the rules on it. So it's a neat thing to have, but it's wholly also unnecessary. Yeah. So I will say, yeah, if you would, if you almost want to get the starter set just for these cards, for the stance cards, for the extra set of dice, and the yeah, it's yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna want to play this game you're going to want this just because there's all these accessories. They're great. So. All right. So with all that, I think we're done. Uh, talk about the maps. They're freaking gorgeous. They're beautiful. They're amazing maps. They're ma- if, if you love maps, this is the type of map that you would want to marry. They're gorgeous. So talking, this is one of the things I want to talk about. Francesco told me that one of the things that Lord of the Rings nerds, like they lose their mind over maps. All right, there are not good maps of the Shire. So this is accurate to the books. They had Tolkien scholars review it. This map will probably be used for other reference materials that are not related to the One Ring. Uh So they put together a lot. They spent a lot of time to make this map. So it's a good map. I don't get all the intricacies of it. Like, there's a lot of detail on here about the Shire and Eridor, but I'm sure if you really like Lord of the Rings, like, you're going to dig it. Yep. So, also quickly, one of my favorite things about this box set is that the box itself, in the top of the lid, 
is like a DM screen sort of thing. It's got like some charts that you might need. And then the bottom one is a copy of the map again. So good. So basically, if you take the box and turn it up and then set it inside the box longwise, you basically created a DM screen and a dice tray that includes some handy charts and a map. I wish, like, it's just such a simple thing, but it's brilliant. Yes. I, have, I don't know how much it costs, but it just makes this, again, it's like a little chef's kiss. Like, whoever came up with that is really smart. It's a really nice way to add value to something because it's, rather than it just being a lid, it's now a thing that's part of the box set. It's just, it's great. I absolutely love that. It's just such a simple thing, but it's so smart. Bob Vila. All right. <laughs> All we said on old episodes of This Old House that the money is in the details. Mm-hmm. And there are details. And I love 100%. it. 100%. Uh, so let's talk about the pre-generated characters. Uh, again, I think you mentioned when you talked to me about this before that there's actually some errors in the starter so, set characters. Okay, there is one error, and it is it was very it was very frustrating, and it gave me a headache. All right, so TNs. Mm-hmm. All right, Target can go numbers. up to twenty. Yep, like that's like the max that they can go up to. In the rules, the math works out for twenties. Okay, so, but in this, so what you, in this, it actually equals 18. So Mm. for our, you know, for, we're going to look at this, Michael. So if you look at one of the, one of the character, one of the starter sets, so then also people, people who are listening at home. All right. When you get this, I want to point this air out because this air, this may be me being pedantic, but it literally, I spent an hour trying to figure out this math and i was just, i just one of those people when it comes to math and if i and I, I just i got stuck on it i couldn't figure it out i went to the free league forums i was gonna ask a question what's the what is what am i missing here turns out that it was just a error just and error. it was it wasn't like a printing error it was just like they just kind of did it this way so you got a character sheet yes okay I'm looking at bilbo baggins all right if you look at bilbo baggins all right so Look at Bilbo Baggins. All right, he has so, a sorry, TN. Inter- interrupt you really quickly. According to this, he's 70 years old, which means this is 41 years before the Fellowship of the Ring because he was 111 years old when he had his birthday party. Dude, I said festival. 40. How could how good that's, is that? Yeah, that's, that's good. Okay, good. my right. apologies. So. so look at the TN for Bilbo. His strength is 15. Yes. All right, the diamond at the top, all right, is three. Yep. That equals 18. Correct. Not 20. Not 20. That number should be five. Okay. If you're using the rules that they talk about in the rules that are included in this starter set. Uh, And they they just did it 18. They did the maxes 18 for TN. All right. Nobody, you do not need to, I don't know why I'm going on and on about this, but you do not need to worry about this. Just look at your, just use the character sheets here. But this is what I'm saying. It's, it was, that's why I'm saying it, it was really hard, like, for me to, like, I couldn't make a character that is correct with the rules that are included in this book. That's what was frustrating. Right. The errata, though, on the website, they say it should be 20 or should be 18 to match the character sheets. Anyway, gotcha. that was my, that was my rant. I was frustrated. And so I want everyone else to share in my <laughs> frustration. All right. So of these eight, seven are hobbits. 
and one is a dwarf. Yes. So they fit. Those characters are designed basically to go with the adventure that is in the five interconnected adventures that's in the adventure book. But it doesn't give you, again, if you want to take the starter set and then play your own game, you're going to have to make your own characters with any of the other uh, character types that are out there. So it is very much a Shire Hobbit, Hobbit-centric adventure selection for the characters. So it is, they're cool. I like the Bilbo's here. It's kind of neat. but you know, I would have probably preferred a variety of all the options rather than just making them all hobbity. Yeah, I don't know. It was they, they were very specific. They wanted the starter set to be very, um, they wanted it to be very light Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So then get into darker stuff with the core book. But yeah, it does include uh, Balin. All right. So that famous dwarf. And if you look at, he's the strongest character. And I think the way it's structured, you actually don't start with them. I think the there's six hobbits that you can start with, and then as the adventures go, you have the option of adding oh. in Bilbo and the dwarf on subsequent adventures. We keep you could be Drogo Baggins. That's that's a Bilbo's dad. Really? Okay, I didn't know who. I just saw the it was Baggins, and it wasn't Frodo, which kind of makes sense because Frodo probably would be too it young. It says it says on the character sheet, Michael. Oh, oh, I didn't see that. All right. Anyway, to look at shame on you. All right. (laughs) All right. So then let's talk about the adventures. Again, I said there's five interconnected adventures. They are very simple and direct. Go here, do this adventures. I think this will be great to play with kids. I think this will be great to people who love Lord of the Rings. And if you want an adventure that makes you feel like you're in the Shire, these are very good adventures for that specific thing. But let's be honest, if you're buying the One Ring RPG, you probably are looking for that. So it's great. If you are not interested, like if you're like, I want to buy the One Ring because I want to play in a fantasy game, kind of like Lord of the Rings and like the big grand adventure. No, this is a Hobbit. This is a Hobbit yeah. version of the adventure. This is not a Lord of the Rings version of the adventure. So I'll give it plus credit for absolutely nailing the feeling of the Shire. It's negative. If you want anything other than those, though, that type of adventure is not good at all for that. Yeah. It is a detailed adventure. They go, there is a lot of text for this adventure. They go, like you were saying, if you don't know how to run a game, don't get bogged down in the rule book. Just pick up this adventure pick up the character sheets and you can probably figure it out. Yeah. It's because they do so much handholding here. So this is where this is tough for me. I would say like three or four years ago, I would have loved this. I would have loved this, but now I like my adventures to be more, the adventures that I'm reading pre to be more bulleted, give me locations, give me the NPCs. And then I'll kind of fill in the blanks here. This is very railroady. The the specificity of it feeling like the Shire is perfect, but it's also daunting that if you don't know it or read it or willing to like the box text and like just, you know, give it to the players, you're going to miss out on a lot of what it's supposed to be. So it's, it's like I said, it's great, but it's daunting. Even for me, again, I've only read Lord of the Rings one time. My kid loves, John loves Lord of the Rings now. He's like so obsessed and he's asked me to run this for him multiple times. I keep begging off because... I'm intimidated about screwing up because he's going to want 
that specificity. And I'm afraid I'm going to be a little bit too loosey goosey for him to enjoy it. And it's going to be a bad experience and it intimidates me as a dad and as a, as a game master. So if that's what you're looking for, this is exactly what you're looking for. If it is not, then you are not going to be enjoying this. I don't think. As far as like the feeling of this adventure, it is very much it's exploration. You're exploring all of the Shire You are also interacting with a lot of NPCs. There's a lot of NPCs in this. As far as combat goes, there's really not combat in the first part of it. I think it may be like the fourth or the fifth before you get into any chance of combat. Or deadly combat. Which is this, they are very clear with this. This game is not all about combat. I mean, what one part, like a good chunk of Lord of the Rings is exploring the world. It's walking. (laughs) Yeah, in a learning about the history of... Of the world. I mean, that's why Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings. It was to create a, it was like to create a mythology for the British Isles. And so that is part of the game. You're going through the Shire and you're learning about the history of the Shire. So if you like that, then that's going to be great. But if you got a bunch of players who just want to kind of goof off and make characters named McNugget and whatnot, (laughs) like this is not like, it's just like, not gonna work for you. There are three monsters in this entire like how many pages do we say? It's a, it's a 31, 30, 31 page adventure. Five different interconnected modules. Yeah. Or there's three lin- monsters. Linear, they're not interconnected because you're supposed to go one to the other. You can skip some, but if you you can actually play them in order and they're kind of build on each other. You get an orc, all right? <laughs> you get a burnt beast, which is some sort of fire dog, something like that. It's and then also a troll. So you mm-hmm. do get a troll in this. One thing that I didn't realize about Lord of the Rings and about Eridor specifically that Francesco told me, Eridor is this, it is an old kingdom. It's an ancient kingdom that is abandoned. Lots of ruins. There are, in this is, there. there's monsters up there, like, that yeah. we don't even see in the movies, like, because they're not really talked about. They, there's a wraith that they talk about in the movies. No, a Barrowite. Um, it that is was supposed to be in the movies, but it was deleted from it and everything. So this takes place a lot in Eridor, so they, which kind of works for our tabletop role-playing game because there's a lot more monsters and mm. a lot more things to explore. And I th- I'm pretty sure in the Troll Encounter, there are specific rules for just trying to keep it talking until morning. Like that is one of the ways the game says, this is how you can beat a troll, which fits Bilbo's story from The Hobbit. He talks about how he kept the trolls talking till morning. That's yes. absolutely one of the ways to beat the troll in this game is to keep it talking till morning. Okay, I, I dig that. So yeah, that's the adventure. Yep. And then we have the biggest chunk. It's a 52-page, it's called volume. It's, it's a pamphlet, basically. It's like, a, I mean, it's thick paper, but it's like staple bound is what it is, which is just the Shire. And it is as much Shire information as you could shake a stick at. Like, if you want to know anything about the Shire, it's probably in here. Include some maps and, like, you know, just, you know illustrations of, like, certain buildings and, and the people. But it is absolutely the Shire. So, I love this, all right? Because this is great because there's no rules. There's It's just, it's just like reading a wiki. So... Lord of the Rings is one of those things where I always wanted to know more about it. But in order for me to know more about like the deep lore of Lord of the Rings, I gotta go read like all these like poems and ancillary <laughs> books and read like scholarly papers. Or I can go read a Wikipedia page. I don't want to just like read a Wikipedia page. I like to read books. 
So this is almost like a, it's like a Wikipedia page in book format that's written really well. Um, there is basically the this section. It goes through the history of the Shire, starting with like its founding at like year zero and how the hobbits came to live here. And then it breaks down the Shire into six key locations. Four of those locations being the Shire itself, the four like quadrants of it, and then two being like wilderness just outside mm-hmm. of the Shire. So you get the forest where Tom Bombadil lives. I know Lord of the Rings fans love that. So different things like that. There is one thing that I thought was weird about this. There's one stat block that's included it's like for like a dwarf like ruffian or something like that i was like so i I saw that i was like oh maybe there's more monsters and this will help me run more adventures in the shire and there wasn't i'm like well why why are you gonna just don't include any of Mm -hmm. like this is weird so it's i don't know it was just it felt kind of like a weird layout choice to me Mm -hmm. but uh no this is i dig this book uh, they plan on releasing more of these. So there was the Rivendell. Yep. So the, I got that sent to me as well. So there's a really nice, uh, like a deluxe GM screen for the One Ring game. And included in it is a short, it's like a 12-page Rivendell yep. version. Same thing. But this is a secondary product. It does not come yes. in the starter set. Yeah, exactly. So this is cool, though, if you want to be like a... It, it, they're going to... Because they plan on releasing more of these. Mm-hmm. At least they keep on hinting at it. That different sections of the world they'll release these short pamphlets which i think is kind of cool instead of me buying this giant book with all this kind of stuff i can kind of get what i want based on where i am so that's cool so no this is detailed like a lot yes lots of maps lots of maps illustrations uh again it's if, if you're into the lore this is absolutely what you're looking for all right so i want to touch on the art the art's really consistent throughout all of this. It's very much all sort of line art illustration style. And if you like that art, you get a lot of it. If that's not what you like, you don't get anything else. So it is very much feast or famine when it comes to the art. So I'll, are you a fan of the art style that's included okay, here? Okay, well, hold on here. Hold on here. You made a statement that it's consistent. All right. <laughs> all right. The chapters... In the ad- the adventure, I think it's the adventure. Yeah, the adventure. The start of each chapter in the adventure includes the full two page spreads by Martin Grip. Okay, well, let me well, let me stand corrected because I'm looking at it because I did know that the first one, but I, apparently I missed okay. that each adventure comes. With, I thought it was just the one at the front. Of so the book. this is this is something that I'm torn about. I'm pretty so, sure. Hold on, it's not every adventure. It's just the first adventure. It's just the first one. Yeah, the very the very first of the the conspiracy of the red book is a two page color. Um, uh, that, that's the oh, only one in here. Then there's one in the Shire. In the Shire. Okay. Okay. So I love Martin Grip's style. He's the guy who did Simbrum. All right, and he's the one who did. They did. They used his art for all the Kickstarter stuff, and it is amazing. So. I understand why they went with this, the line art in here. It's not, it looks like it came from the books. Yes. And it is very, it feels like Lord of the Rings. And I dig that. It doesn't look like very, it doesn't look like fantasy RPG. It looks like this is art that is, in, 
should be in an old fantasy novel, and that's cool. But then I'll see a picture by Martin Grip, and I'm like, oh man, that would be so cool to have this product be his style mm. everywhere. I know they it's different because it would have it's just like his style takes so long and but I'm like he did all of Simbarum so we know that he can do a full book but I understand that's not really like a the it's this is why I'm torn because the the art that is included is great but it's more of like a personal preference yep. for me and I like it but then I like the Martin Grip stuff, like it is like I love that stuff so much. So when I only get a few of it, I'm like, oh, I just wish it was more. Mm. So I hope that they continue to use his work in future releases. But yeah, no. So art was like, I don't know. Yeah. So I have I have very I have some conflicting feelings on this overall, and that is one of the things that it's it's again it's so specific. If this is what you're looking for, this is the best possible version of this for you. But if this isn't what you're looking for, if you're just looking for another game, you want to play a, a role-playing game, a fantasy game, and you kind of like Lord of the Rings motifs, and you're like, oh, yeah, that would be cool. It's not that great for that. Like, that's not no. what this is. And I think most people who come at it that way would be disappointed. But if you want to experience a Lord of the Rings-type story or a Hobbit-type story, this is perfect. Like yes. literally perfect for that. But you have, has, yeah. You have to run. You, you have to want to run Lord of the Rings. Yes, absolutely. Or or Hobbit doesn't have to be Lord of the Rings. Yeah. But you have to want to run that type of game. This is a great product for that. But even then, it's not because it is so limited. You can't really go beyond the adventures included. So that's kind of. I guess I'm jumping to the end here. But that's where I'm conflicted on what kind of rating I want to give it. Because for what it is, it's great, but what it is is very limited in scope. So I'm I'm kind of conflicted. Before we give, yeah. give our actual ratings, let's talk about layout because that's your thing. I don't really care. But any thoughts on the layout of any or all of the products included? So this the layout is very pretty. All right, it's very nice to look at. I wouldn't call it like groundbreaking layout work or like pushing the design envelope like some of free some of freely's other games but it's very specific it gives you the feel of tolkien but when it comes to how information was presented in the in the rules like they could have done a lot better job and the my other big layout problem was the adventure they didn't include an overview of the adventure like Give me an overview of how this information in this book is going to flow. Like, what is the story of... I don't know what the story of the adventure is unless I read the entire adventure. So, that was my... It's really... How it looks is great. How information was presented. It was... If you have problem processing information like I do, I gotta read things like you know, three or four times to get it. Right. It made it tough. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So I don't know that we need to do an individual rating. I think we should just do an overall rating. I think that'll, because yes. we already talked about everything. Yeah. So I'm going to put you on the spot first. Yeah. Overall rating. What are you giving this? Because again, we, we love free league. We like the yeah. products. This is a very niche 
sort of thing. So it's, it's I'm kind of conflicted on what I want to give it. So I want to hear yours first. Maybe you'll okay. sway me one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. So definitely, I'm not going to, I'm going to be running this. All right. But I am bought into this game because I enjoy Lord of the Rings. I enjoyed this style of exploration game. But if I'm looking at this like outside perspective, looking at the product for what it is, I'm going to give it a B minus. All right. Uh, which is, I mean, B is still, I mean, that's still, that's still a good grade. I mean, right. that's still like, this is a good product, but it's, it's not as good, I feel like, as some of the other like box stuff that they've done. Like the Simbarum was just like, so good mm. same thing goes with the alien how uh, it was the information was presented there the components are obviously top notch yes. but like so good and it they, those it's you're it's worth the price of admission just for how much stuff is included but the rules and the the rules were just like i just didn't feel like they were I don't know. I feel like it was just like they were put together. Everybody was around the table and they everybody was struggling to how do we condense all these rules down? And then they got to a point where like, okay, this is the best we can do. And so here it is. It just feels like it wasn't polished enough and the information wasn't presented like in the easiest to digest way. Mm-hmm. And then the adventure itself, just not having the overview for everything and having to just... It, it's to kind of go through everything to understand it was so that's kind of what's bumping this down to a b minus for me and that's again totally fair i agree with everything you're saying my struggle again is who is this for if i want to play the one ring role-playing game i need to get the core set yeah there are things in this like the core book i should say i don't i don't think there is a core box set. there's a yeah yeah a core book um but then do I need to get this too because it comes with like the, the set of dice. It comes with the cards. It comes with the maps. It comes with the, you know, the box that becomes a DM screen and a dice tray. Like all that stuff's cool, but I don't need it to play the game. If I get this and I want to play the game, I still also need to get the core book. So it's kind of an interesting sort of like, what is it actually for? Who is it actually for? What does it actually do? Because if it, this is supposed to like get me started, it only it's it's not like other starter sets where you can then create your own stuff. Like you still have to go get the other things. So if this is exactly what you're looking for, if you're a Tolkien fan, if you're a Hobbit fan and you want to start with a Hobbit story, this is an A plus product. The quality of the components, everything that's included, hundred percent. I just think it's brilliant. If you want to play a role playing game and you think Lord of the Rings is cool, this is like a C minus. Because I don't think you actually need it. You need to get the core book. So I'm going to split the difference and call it a B. I'm glad I have it. I think it's quality components. I will eventually either run this for my kid. My secret hope is I'm going to try to get him to run it for me. Like, oh, try, that'd be cool. Try, try Because he loves this stuff more than I do. Maybe I can get him to get his feet wet in running games. And if that happens, then it'll probably jump up to like an A++ for me because it'll be a perfect father-son experience. But it's it's just hard for me to recommend this unless you just want it as like as a collector's item. It's probably worth what it costs for just yep. the, the components. But as a role playing game starter set, I don't think it does what it's supposed to do. Yeah, I totally agree. I think a good comparison here is with the Alien box set. I would tell anybody, even if you don't like Alien, if you just want to run a scary cool game, a scary game, buy that game. For this though, like. 
I'm not going to tell somebody if like, if you want to run a fantasy game, like this is great. Like, no, this is like, you have to be a big Lord of the Rings fan, or you have to be running this game for big Lord of the Rings fans. Otherwise you guys are not going to be getting what is presented here. So I totally agree with you there. So definitely mixed bag, still overall fairly positive. Again, we still love free league. Like the majority of their products are things that we absolutely love. This one just isn't quite there for us, but obviously thank you to free league for sending us the review copy, at least for me, Tom got all his own stuff uh, through the kids. That's right. As always, if there's something you want us to review, whether it's a game you yourself have made or if it's just a product you love, send us a, a note. Hit us up on the email, therpgacademy at gmail.com. No promises that we will review it, but if uh, you know, we probably will. We'll try to find a way. Um, any last words from you, Tom, before we sign off? No, uh, I will for sure. If people want to join our Discord, oh, yeah. I will probably be talking about my experience running this starter set and about i'm probably start running about a month or so for my home group um so yeah i'll if you want to join our discord and hear me talk about that i will let you know i'll be running it i like i said i enjoy lord of the rings i've watched the movies i've read the books i'm not a lord of the rings scholar by any stretch of the means i am running it for big old (laughs) tolkien fans so they're gonna get way more out of it than me so i'll keep you posted awesome um, yes, do join our Discord. It's amazing. We have some more sample adventures coming up. We're going to be running, running Fantasy Age, the sample adventure, I believe, on July 10th. And we are in the middle of setting up a Beam Saber sample adventure with the designer, Austin, of that game. Now, we did a trial of that a couple years ago, maybe even three years ago now, that is an audio only, but this will be a live stream game. It will be different players that played that one, and this will be a sample adventure. I don't know if it's going to be the same adventure or not, but we're still super excited about that. We have plenty more of the sample adventures coming, so if that's something you're interested in at all, um, tune in. It's, it's going to be coming at you fast and furious. Uh, finally, I'll say again, role-playing games are supposed to be fun. If you find that you're not having fun doing the things that you used to do, this could be an indication that you might be dealing with a mental health challenge. Uh, if you or someone you know needs some support, we will be including going forward in all of our show notes, the text crisis line, the uh, Trevor Project website, and then the suicide prevention hotline number. So uh, again, if you or someone you know needs help, please make sure they get it. Uh, and then finally, 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 if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Thanks. And we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy, or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. 
or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show, because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. The music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.